Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you're joining us for the first time, click the subscribe button, um, and then you can follow us on Instagram as well. It's Ryan Yusta with an underscore at the end, uh, or Krista Yusta with no underscore. Uh, there is a guy in South Africa. His name's Ryan Yusta as well, and there's not many of us out there, but he happens to be in the ministry as well, and he's taken all the good email addresses. So if you try to email me, it's not ryanyusta gmail, ryan.yusta, yusta.ryan. They're all gone. There's like nothing left. So there's a guy out there with my same name who preaches the gospel, who's a Christian, and who's a complete email address hog. So if you're listening, Ryan, you're a total jerk. I don't like you. I'm kidding. Um, today we're going to talk about something a little bit uh, controversial. Um, nowadays, man, it seems like everything is controversial. I heard that there's on college campuses words that you're not allowed to say because it makes people feel excluded. I was listening to a video. A lady was saying that Colorado State University, one of the words that you're not allowed to say is America. Yes, America is not allowed to say on the campus because the United States of America, because it makes people from other countries feel less than. Why would saying that if, if saying the name of a country makes people from other countries feel less than, it's because they're from a less than country. Like, there's, it's, it's a word, America. It's named after a person who, Amerigo Vespucci. It's like, that's a, that's a name. This is getting ridiculous. But we're going to talk about something that in the Christian world is very controversial. We're going to talk about money. <laughs> We're going to talk about the morality of being rich. You know, I had recently uh, an old friend reached out to me on Facebook and um, a guy that I really like and reached out and started talking to me about my brother. My brother's in business. My brother's done very well, um, uh, made good money, made um, seven figures in a year and um, done well. And uh, uh, would be considered rich, uh, top 1%, right, um, in this country. But you get into church circles, and, I mean, there's if there's people in the Catholic, Catholic world who are like, they're taking vows of poverty to be more like God. It makes riches seem like they're a bad thing. You know, Hollywood, it's always the, the crooked CEO who's doing something wrong. Being rich, even just in the socialism world, it's like they look at the rich people as the ones who've worked hard, gotten ahead, you know, created opportunities, started companies, worked their butt off, and and yet there's something wrong. They're supposed to be looked down upon for being rich, you know? And so there's this feeling that goes with being rich, like there's rich is against the kingdom of God. You should be poor to be a Christian. So many people have heard the gospel message that the message isn't the gospel isn't salvation of your soul. It covers all the areas of our life. Salvation covers, if you look at Deuteronomy 28, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13 says. And so you look at the curse, part of it was obviously separation from God. A lot of it was money and things like crop failure, things like that, that stuff we've been redeemed from, and then also health issues. So the gospel is for the whole of man. It's uh, for his soul, most importantly, but it's for his body, and it's also for his prosperity. If you're broke and, and you know, you can't help anybody else. But we're going to cover some things in the Word of God so we can look at, um, is it right to be rich? And ask and answer that question. So um, number one, we can first of all see that, that being rich is from the Lord. 
uh, it is a blessing of the Lord. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. Riches outside of the kingdom of God can be sorrowful. I'll tell the story of the when the uh, stock market collapse happened in the early 2000s, that there was a guy who jumped out of his building, jumped out of a skyscraper building and committed suicide. He was worth billions, but overnight he lost, like he was worth like $3 billion. Overnight he lost $1 billion worth of his, his value, right, and committed suicide. Still worth $2 billion. How many would be with the uplifted hand? It would be okay to be worth two billion. I'd be I'd be happy with that at this point. But committed suicide. That having riches outside of the kingdom of God is is sorrowful. It's stressful. Having riches inside the kingdom of God is meant to be stress free, worry free. So Proverbs ten twenty two, Proverbs fifteen. That's not a one off scripture either. I'm not taking something out of context. Um, Proverbs fifteen six says that the godly will have treasure. There's treasure in the house of the godly. Um, it is talking about money if you read the rest of the verse. Second Corinthians 8, 9 says, uh, We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though, though he was um, rich, yet he was make... Uh, uh, let me find it here. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. That's not a one-off scripture. I'm not taking... That's not talking about spiritual riches. That's a verse... That's talking about giving, talking about uh, they begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift of uh, in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. It's talking about taking an offering. The whole chapter is about taking an offering to Jerusalem. And so he's talking about money to do this. So Jesus was made poor so that we could be made rich. So we can see it is a blessing from the Lord um, to uh, to his people. One of the things, though, is that isn't all the Bible says about this. There's definitely in the Bible warnings to rich people. James 5 has a warning to people who are rich. But if you read James 5, it's not just a warning to everybody who's rich. It's warning to those who have abused other people. You who have stolen wages from your, uh, you who are rich and have stolen wages from the people that work for you. Woe to you, the, what, what, uh, what judgment awaits you, but it's people who are rich and ungodly, who have uh, behaved ungodly in business. There's also a warning in 1 Timothy six seventeen through 19. He says, tell the rich in this world that they be not high-minded. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, nor to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. You know, if God didn't want us to have money, he would have said, to Paul would have said to Timothy, you know, the Bible's inspired. So anything, even if it's Paul written to Timothy, it's, it's God writing to his people. And he would have said, teach those who are rich in the world to give all their money to the poor. That's what he would have said. But he said, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. You know, you can be rich and have got it from a secular place and you don't have to give all of it away. Some people, the Lord calls them to do that. They have to get rid of it to be able to start their trust from the ground up. But he says you can be taught to trust God, taught to trust God, tell them to use their money to do good. So these are the instructions. If it would have been God's plan for us to be poor, he would have said, teach those who are rich in this world to be poor, to stop making money and to live like a servant, right? But he didn't. He said, teach them not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God. Tell them, it says here, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment, all things for us to enjoy. Actually, NLT says all we need. The other one doesn't say all we need. It says, richly gives us all things for our enjoyment, all things. 
Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. There's a purpose for money. Being rich isn't just about being balling out of control. Being rich is that God will use you to affect other people. If you're rich, man, if you had $100 million, you could spend, you could take that and $100 million that could go towards the gospel. Man, do you know how many souls you could reap? You could send evangelists all over the world. You could pay for evangelists to go to countries. Some people are ready to preach, but they don't have the wherewithal, the financial wherewithal to get the job done. Our money is a, is a weapon and a tool that we have to further the gospel. So he said, tell them to be generous. Be willing to give to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. You know, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And as it is with everything, it comes back to a heart issue. We all know the scripture, for the love of money is the root of all evil. That doesn't mean you don't have it. That means you don't love it. Ecclesiastes, this is such an important one. Ecclesiastes 5 says, those who love money will never have enough. Those who love money will never have enough. It's a heart issue when people love money. You know, you actually don't have to be rich to love money. You can be poor and love money more than someone who's rich. It's a fact. You don't have to be rich. You can covet other people's money. You can be jealous of other people's money. You could be jealous of certain lifestyles. You can love money without actually having it. You can love the idea of being able to, man, I just want to, you know, I want to have a Lamborghini and I want to mink coat and I want to drive around and I want people to see that I've got money. If that's your, if that's your motivation to make money, that people see you, that's pride. And I hope you actually never get money. God's, God's barometer is God wants your soul in heaven. And then if he can trust you and, and you're spiritually sound and it's not going to take you out, he wants to bless you because your soul then is for people. If you love the kingdom of God more than you love money, God, God needs to bless you. God needs to make you rich so that you can help other people. He loves you. He wants to bless you anyway, but he will not bless you at the expense of your soul. So it says here, um, I mean, we look all the way through of people who, who were rich and actually gave away. And, and because riches were standing in the way of their salvation, there was the rich young ruler who said, I've done everything the Bible's required of me, the law is required of me. And Jesus said, sell all you have and, and follow me. Why did Jesus say that? Well, he said that to that rich young ruler because he knew that the riches had his heart. And what happened? He showed sure enough that they did. When he went away, he went away sad because he couldn't part with his money. So even though indeed he was very disciplined spiritually, you'd look at him and be like, hey, he does this, he does this, he follows everything from young. But money has his heart. And so he couldn't do the one last step. That isn't what Jesus says to everybody. Jesus doesn't say if you're rich, hey, you have to sell everything and be poor to follow me. It's if money has your heart. Some people won't be able to get over their money without getting rid of their money. Man, that sounds like a quote. Most, some people won't be able to get over their money without getting rid of their money. And that's why for the rich young ruler to enter into the kingdom of heaven, it was getting rid of the money. You look at Zacchaeus who asked, invited Jesus to his house. And, and then he stands up after Jesus has been with him for the afternoon. He stands up and says, I'm going to repay. If I've ever stolen, I'll repay four times. And I'm going to give half of my goods to the poor. What was Jesus' response? He didn't say, great job, Zacchaeus. He just said, this day has salvation come to your household. He could see the heart change. The heart change prompted to give money. 
if if someone is not generous, you can't tell me you're a Christian who loves God, who's got money and is not generous. A, a heart of true love is a generous heart. Love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you're not putting your 10% in the in tithe and over and above, if you don't have a heart that says, man, I, God, put money in my hand so I could be more generous, so I can make a greater impact. If you're not imagining think ways that you can give, you need to let God do a work in your heart. The Bible says that the liberal devise liberal things, and by liberal things they shall stand. That word liberal means generous. I'm not talking about you're a, you're a liberal, right? Not not like voting for Hillary liberal. I'm talking about like the liberal, those who are generous in their heart. Ways that you can dream up to give to other people. Man, if I had a hundred thousand dollars given to me, I would tithe. I would, uh, I would take my parents out to dinner. I would set aside money for the government because they're going to come after it. And then, man, it would be awesome to have 50 grand just to give to people. And I would do this and I would do this. I'd put money in savings. Remember, we talked about that. But like, if you were like, man, if I had 50 grand just to give, I would do this. I would do this. Devising liberal things, generous things, thinking of things that you could do. Man, it would be awesome to go and to give to those orphans. It would be awesome to go and feed these hungry people. It'd be awesome to go and do this. Liberal people, generous people, people whose hearts who've actually been affected by the gospel begin to be generous. And that's why he was saying, teach the rich people to be generous. Teach them not to trust in their riches, but to put their trust in God. Riches are riches are wicked if they're if they're in someone's hand who is wicked. Rich the reality is money is just a tool. So if you're righteous and you're generous, money is just a tool. But if you're wicked, money is just a tool. The The Bible says the revenues of the wicked uh, end up being corruption or unjust. They're people, they lead to sin, the revenues of the wicked. And so what happens is people who have heart issues, who have sin issues, money amplifies that. You see that people get money and then they're you know, more prideful. They're, they're messing around with women. They're more out in the world because of that. So there's some people where it's good that they're not rich. But for those who will serve God, who will seek the kingdom of God, and it really comes down to this one scripture. And if you heard anything, it's this. If you heard anything I said, this is it. If you make this your life scriptures, Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The master key to seeing God bless you is giving, but it's also seeking first the kingdom in your daily life. When you make souls a priority, that's why being a soul winner is so important. Personally, a soul winner. If you don't have the courage to do it, get a soul winning script, practice it, stand in the mirror and do it. Walk up to someone that, you know, walk up to a stranger who's in your age group, find someone, man, out of these 30 people in front of me, I'd be comfortable talking to him, more comfortable and do it because you start to seek the kingdom of God for yourself and watch God bless you. And then to end on this, the Bible actually says, Hebrews 13, 5, it says, let your life be free from the love of money. So it all comes down to your heart. If you love money, you won't have it. It's Well, I mean, you could go out and get it for yourself, but it won't be blessed. It won't be God gave it to you. And then this is the last scripture. The Bible says, well, he delights in the prosperity of his servant. But he says something in 3 John 1, chapter 2, sorry, chapter 1, verse 2. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And there we see the curse and redemption all summed up, the three categories. There's peace with God, soul prosperity, there's money prosperity, and then there's health. And he says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper, talking about financially, and 
be in health, talking about your body, even as your soul prospers. God wants to prosper you, but only to the level that your soul is prospering. If $100,000 a year will take you out of the will of God and you'll go off and, you know, be uh, hooking up with girls and you'll be just be doing your own thing, then I hope you never get it. And God won't help you get it because he loves you too much. But if he can trust you and you're faithful and you'll use it for the goodness, for the kingdom of God, you'll use it to show God's goodness. You'll use it to be generous. Money's a temporary thing. We don't need money in heaven. We need souls in heaven. But when you aim it the right way, it's a very good thing to be rich. Man, I need more money than I ever have because I need to do more to impact eternity. You may hear me say often, I'm rich and I'm getting richer. It's because I've decided riches, I've got a pure heart. Riches don't corrupt me. I've made good money and I'm going to make even better money. I'm going to I'm going to be making millions soon. Man, I believe there'll be a day where I'll make a million in a month because I'll be able to pour it back into the kingdom of God and see more souls come in than ever before. God bless you. I love you. Thanks you thank you for listening. If you have any questions, uh, hit me up on Instagram. You guys are awesome. We'll see you soon.